0: We're going to begin in verse 28. After telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there with no one who has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on on the king who comes in in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in, in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your faithfulness to your people. We thank you for your blessings. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to come worship in your name and fellowship with our brothers and sisters. Lord, we ask that you would bless this time. Bless Pastor Doug as he comes to share what you have laid on his heart. Lord, bless the preparation that has gone into this. Lord, that we may receive your word, we may receive your spirit here. Lord, take away all distractions from us, help us to focus on what you would have for us to hear. And Lord, I pray that it would be uh, a blessing to our lives, that we would be able to apply it, uh, Lord, and live out your gospel in every single day and every single thing that we do. Lord, I ask that you would be with all of our members who are not just in this room, but outside of this room as well. Lord, bless the people who are going to listen to this uh, This coming through this week, Lord, even next week and even in the future, Lord, if anyone uh, stumbles upon this one way or the other. Lord, I pray that it finds them uh, in need of you and that they would find you during this time. Lord, we pray for those who are are ill and struggling with injury, Lord, and Uh, We just ask that you would bring them healing, bring them comfort. Lord, allow them to feel your presence this morning. Allow them to feel your healing hands on them. Lord, we ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: The challenges of this time of year bring with it Tell me something, Pastor, that I don't know. You're familiar with this particular passage because over myriad of years, sermons concerning the triumphal entry, also known as Palm Sunday. And in fact, I would dare take a chance in saying that even in the Sunday school classes today, Your children are going to come out with something that looks like a palm branch. It's okay. So what do we have from this passage that we trust this morning would be more of a blessing than a burden to you? I want to begin by at least setting the stage. In order for this passage to have its full impact, we need to go back a few years, in fact, 33 years. You find out in texts of scriptures that not often is Jesus heralded as he is on this day. When Jesus was born, there were two factions, if you will, of individuals who came and exalted him as savior and king. The first ones were angels. Do you remember what they said recorded in Luke chapter 2? When, when, when the angels and a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men then the shepherds went and they found this one whom the angels had proclaimed as king and they worshiped him two years later individuals from the mesopotamia area under the influence of daniel in the new old testament came They came to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who is born King of the Jews? For we have come to worship him. It wasn't until later in their conversation that the star appeared once again and directed them to the house in which the young child was. And they presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they worshiped him i doubt it was a silent worship i suspect it was just like the angels when they would step back and go he's here this is the one but after that the praises wane oh there were a few individuals who would come to Jesus. I'm thinking of, if you will, Jarius, who his daughter was dying and he knew that Jesus was the only hope for her. But that was even in a more of a subdued situation. I'm thinking of the woman the unnamed woman who had the issue of blood for so many years frantically just trying to get close enough to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment so that she would be healed and yet still there was a a stillness that Jesus just said who touched me and the disciples said Lord there are so many people around you. We've all been touching. And no, 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 no. This was a special touch because some of my power left me. Then there could have been those whom Jesus fed with a few fish and some loaves of bread. It wasn't a glorious celebration. No. It was more of a subdued because even after that event, Jesus turned to them and began to instruct them that unless you take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. It was quiet. Not until the time of when we even come to the point of when Jesus raised Nazareth from the dead. People stood there marveled and as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, a voice from God came and said to all that could pay attention, "He's it." Paraphrase. Doug Wygant paraphrase, "He's it." And yet still, others even there said, "What was that noise? What was happening? How that ties into today's passage is we find virtually the last time when Jesus was physically on this earth, where the praise that was due to him was given. But before we get to our passage this morning, we've got a journey back to the beginning, if you will, of the passage of night. Chapter 19 of Luke. There are some things that happen prior to this event. The first thing is recorded for us in chapter 18, at verse 31, where Jesus tells his disciples again for the third time, we've got to go to Jerusalem because there it is. I am going to be turned over. I am going to be killed, I'm going to be crucified, but don't worry, three days I'm going to arise from the tomb. But if you look at verse 32, I'm sorry, 34, they understood none of these things. Then Jesus meets Zacchaeus, you know, the the wee little man, who climbed the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. He's in Jericho at this time. When Zacchaeus comes to trust and put his faith in a savior that he knew could change his life. And then Jesus gives a parable. About the 10 minus, because when you go back to verse 11, it says, and as they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear right away. You may have heard this over years of a number of my- a myriads of sermons, but let me at least reify something. Before Jesus could be king, he must first hang on a cross. Before Jesus could establish his kingdom on this earth, he must first die for the world because God so loved the world before Jesus could take his rightful place on the throne of the the king of David, he must first hang on a Roman cross. And so Jesus teaches that parable about the 10 minors. It says the king, he's going away and he put in charge Three individuals that are listed there. He gives to them a certain amount to watch over. But if when you read this passage, you come to understand that the individual, the landowner, had to go away in order to come back as king. You you read the parable. You'll come across that. He had to go away for a while. Because when he comes back, he'll be king. Now, I don't know if you've yet caught that thought. Jesus has gone away for a while. But he's coming again as king. Oh, someone should have said hallelujah. Someone should have got a little bit of excited. Maybe you scrunched in your seat a little bit. Because that's what Jesus is alluding to. He says, boys, don't get too excited right yet. There's going to be trouble coming. But don't worry. I will be king. Now we come to our passage. Jesus and his disciples have journeyed from Jericho and they're coming to a house in Bethany. It's a very important house. It's a house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Throughout scriptures, this would be a place where Jesus could go and be ministered to do and also rest from ministry. It was his haven. Of rest. And he shows up in Bethany. And while he was there, it doesn't say in our passage of Luke, but if you go back to Matthew 21, or if you go up to John 12, or you go back to Mark chapter 11, you'll come to realize that something happened in that house. Mary took a very expensive box of a year's wage of oil that she anointed Jesus Christ with it. The disciples got all disturbed. Oh, that money could have been saved. We could have sold it and given it to the poor. No, what what Judas was hoping to do was to skim off the top because he was the one holding the money back. I'm glad that we have a trustworthy treasurer here in church. He's not skimming. He's giving. And you are also giving. Thank the Lord for that. But he is anointed. So powerful was that, that Jesus corrected his disciples and said, she is anointing me for my death. At that time, Mary was the only one who got it. She understood maybe she was one of the ones who heard the voice of God at the resurrection of, his, of her brother. Maybe she was in tune to that. I don't know how it all came about, but all I do know is she took that which was most valuable and broke it so that the Lord Jesus could be prepared. Oh, I think you know where I'm going with this. What do you have that would be worthy to break open to anoint Jesus? What would you be willing to even be made fun of in order that individuals would know who Jesus Christ is. He was anointed. Now in our passage, the next day, Jesus tells two of his disciples, we don't know who they are. It may be Peter and John. You're the ones that are sent out, but go find a colt. A what? Go find a donkey colt. He's just over here in Bethage. Between Bethany and Bethage, it's only two miles. Go over there. You're going to find a colt tied up. Untie it and bring it to me. If someone asks you, tell them the Lord needs it. Okay. Pete and John, they hightail it to Beth page. Find the colt there. Begin to untie it. Owner comes out. Hey, what are you doing? The Lord needs it. Now, now stop and think about that. Oh, okay, that's fine, boy. Anyone that comes and takes something from you, the Lord needs it. What's going to be your first response? (laughs) I, I doubt you would do that. But this guy said, oh, okay. Two thoughts on this particular issue. One is that Jesus may very well have already made prearrangements with this guy. Now, it's kind of weak. I like the argument that says, that's God. He knows what's over there. Go get it and bring it back to me. Does anyone here own a donkey? I didn't think so. You got two donkeys. I'm not going to have you clarify who they are. (laughs) But if you look at the back of your donkeys, you're gonna find a cross ingrained on their back. Tradition says that that is a mark of when Mary was on a donkey riding to Jerusalem, and that Mark stayed on the donkey as a sign of he was used by the Messiah. But isn't it interesting that the same cross on the back of a beast of burden is going to carry the one who's going to die on the cross. Don't tell me Jesus made arrangements with this. I'm more interested that this proves that Jesus Christ is God and he knows what's going on. Go get it and bring it here. Now the text gets really interesting now because when Pete and John show up with the donkey, They begin to take their outer cloaks off and they lay them on the back of the donkey to form some kind of cushion, some kind of saddle, if you will, for Jesus. But interestingly enough, if you go back to 2 Kings chapter 9, you will find the same happening to another king of Israel whose name was Jehu. Jehu announces that God has told him, I'm going to be king. It was during the time of Jezebel and Ahab. Things were bad in Israel. And Jehu says, I'm going to be king. All of his followers took off their cloaks and laid them on the stairs. That Jehu stood on. That was an indication that they recognized him as king. When the disciples took their cloaks off. They thought they were making it soft for the savior. But what they were really doing was acknowledging he's king. And they head for Jerusalem. Now, Bethany is on the east side of the city of Jerusalem, just over, if you will, the Mount of Olives. They would have come down a a way that was very well known into the city of Jerusalem. And as they are going along, they pick up pilgrims. A crowd begins to swell. So much involved are they that they too begin to take their cloaks off and lay them on the floor, on the the road. People rush and cut off palm branches and again lay them on the road. And they begin to shout, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of, Of the Lord. Uh, Luke does not record that. But if you go back again. To Matthew, Mark and, and, and John. That's their first statement. Do you know what the word Hosanna means? Save us. It comes from Psalm 118. Verse 25 and 26. Where even at that time. The psalmist is saying to God. Save us. Save us. It's interesting from a historical perspective that Jesus' triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem is somewhat similar to the triumphant entry of a conqueror. There are four events that need to happen For a conqueror to be established. Number one, there's got to be a crowd. A crowd that surrounds them as they come into the city. And the crowd is singing hymns, and they're giving exaltation. And what's interesting, when you go back to this passage, you will find out that there were those that were before Jesus and those who were after Jesus, and they are antiphonally answering one another. One group is saying, Ha, Hosanna! And the other group is saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Here comes the king, everybody. Here comes the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an English translation of Hebrew. (laughs) And they are proclaiming that as Jesus rides into the city. The second thing that needs to happen in this kind of a situation is that the elements of the victorious ride must be in place. A conqueror would be riding on a white stallion. Jesus rides on a colt of a donkey. The next thing is that the conqueror had to be escorted, ex- escorted into the city by the citizens and by those who have been conquered. Can you imagine his disciples? They have been set free. They may not have understood all of it, but they've been set free. They have been conquered You all have been conquered. You've been set free from the kingdom of the one who wants to destroy you and now you have been placed in the kingdom of his dear son. We've been set free. That's why Paul says he will lead captives to captivity at the resurrection. We've been set both the emperor and Jesus were ushered into the city of shouts of the city and also of those who have been conquered but the last thing is totally different the emperor would have gone to the temple and there a feast or a sacrifice would have been made declaring him both ruler of religion and ruler of the state. At the end, though, Paul or Luke does not tell us, but Jesus does go to the temple at the end of his ride and he does nothing. He's not there be declared as king yet it's not till the next day when jesus comes back into the city that he cleans house but at this time no no not yet all of that is preamble to our two points in our sermon notes Now for the next hour, we'll discuss these. No, no, we won't. The first one is notice there are loud cries of joy and expectation. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I got to wonder what kind of noise is there going to be when Jesus comes in the air, riding on that stallion that everyone's been waiting for, clothed in victory, where it's written on the, his clothes, King of kings and Lord of lords. I wonder if when he breaks through the clouds, woo, what kind of noise is there going to be? But here there are loud cries of joy and expectation. I don't know if they recognize the fact, but the the Old Testament prophet Zechariah says in Zechariah chapter 9, O daughter of Zion, behold your king riding on the back of a donkey. I don't know if they were aware of that. If they were totally aware of that, I wonder if they fully understood what that meant. What's amazing though, in the life of Jesus, you go check it out, time and time again, Jesus pointed to the fact that as the prophets said, that what we must do. This minute detail is so important that if it didn't happen this way, then Jesus is not the Savior. He comes to them on the back of a colt. You wonder why we can have, or how is it that we can have loud cries of joy and expectation? Because everything that God says in his word, it will come true. To the minutest detail. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. His word is truth. We can be sanctified by the truth. He is coming again. But right now, he's busy. He's preparing a place for you and me and everyone who has trusted in him. And when it's all done, watch out. He's going to call us in the air, and then he'll come as king. But in the meantime, while everything's happening on this earth for seven years, we're in glory, and we are already ascribing him king of kings and lord of lords. Loud cries of joy and expectation. But there were also silent hearts. Silent hearts of condemnation and doubt. Jesus, tell your disciples, not just the 12 that were with him, they're referring to the crowd of people, tell them to be quiet. Did you catch what Jesus said? If if they don't speak, these stones will cry out. Now, in my study, I found something interesting. The word stone there is not speaking of pebbles along the road. It's in reference to, and could be in reference to, the gravestones that are outside the city. Oh, they're gonna shout too. Uh, Pastor Steve, and the glorious message he had, the last one I was able to hear from him to preach. I trust it's not going to be the last one. Not that I'm going to have surgery, but anyway. He spoke to us about, at the crucifixion of Jesus, the graves opened. And people walked out. You imagine what they might have said? Hmm, things ain't changed much. As Pastor Steve said, individuals say, I was at your funeral last week. Yeah, wasn't it a blast? (laughs) Look what Jesus has done. I don't believe Jesus is saying we need to be quiet. No. We are to praise him, exalt his name. But even in the quietness, all of creation praises him. This morning at about 4.30 this morning, I hear robins singing. What are they singing about? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Find me a worm so I can fly and go. birds were singing. Grass is growing! (laughs) My mower is speaking to me from the dark reaches of my shed. Come unto me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Creation if we stop praising God, and I hope we don't, creation's going to take over. That's what Jesus is saying. In other words, he's telling those who had silent hearts, you can't stop it. You can't stop my praise. Oh, dear people. We're about to enter into, this is the first day of the Holy Week of the Passion of Jesus Christ. We have so much to learn. Outside of what we already know, we have so much to learn from Him. I trust that as it culminates on Sunday, May praise raise our lips because our Savior lives and he's coming again. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Can we stand in closing prayer? we too, O Lord, would ascribe from our hearts and from our lips, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then one day we will say, blessed is the King who comes from the line of David. Oh, Lord, we are embarking upon a holy week. A week that separates Christianity from all other religions. For we have a Savior who died for us, was buried because of our sins, and rose again the third day as conqueror over death and hell. And we have the assurance of knowing that he reigns and is coming again. May this year, Holy Week of 2022, be that clear and that succinct in our lives that we can no longer keep it quiet. We want the stones to be quiet so that we can praise you. O Lord, by your grace and for your glory, I ask these things. Amen.